welcome to the Nerd Party. It's not working. How long since you've cleaned the heads? The what? The heads. Do you have any alcohol? To drink? What? No, no, to clean it. Check the tracking. The rental place closes in two hours. Shut up, shut up. It's working. Time for a retro perspective. Hello and welcome to Retro Perspective, the show on the Nerd Party, where we take a look at all of the movies released 25 years ago this week. I'm Mike. I'm John. And today we're taking a look at the movies released on the week of July 22nd, 1994. But we did have a movie which was released on July 20th, 94, getting that, you know, Wednesday jump on the competition. Yes. As so many movies like to do, especially in the summer. Yes, you you get that extra two days of box office that counts toward your weekend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is a little weird, you know. Still haven't quite figured out how all that stuff works, but, you know, the Thursday huh. night grosses get rolled over into Friday. That's a thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I was in college, uh, five-day weekends made a lot of sense, so, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it, like in theory, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. in terms of the accounting, it's... It's an interesting thing that they yeah. do. But Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So the July 20th movie, that Wednesday opening, was the number two movie of the week uh, with $31.4 million at the box office and a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. The Client. Mm-hmm. The Client, directed by Joel Schumacher, starring Tommy Lee Jones and uh, Susan Sarandon. And based uh, on a, Brad Renfro, too. Yes, based on a uh, John Grisham book, because he was all the rage back in the 90s. Yes, with a screenplay by a first-time writer, first-time screenwriter, Akiva Goldsman. Mm-hmm. Did you watch this movie? I did not. Okay. I did not. I did not. Because to be honest with you, I uh, I went through the John Grisham thing. I I was there for for those movies. I saw a couple of them. They've never been anything that I've wanted to go back to. Um, did you? Since. So did you see this one when it was in the theaters? I did not. I skipped this one. So you've never seen it? No, I have not. No. Okay. Did you watch it? Yes, and I had seen it before, and and I had, I guess, because I missed The Firm, you know, I wasn't old enough to see that and everything like that, and The Pelican Brief, right? So this was like sort of like the second wave, I guess, and um, I I just kind of missed all of those when they first came out. The first John Grisham movie I I think I ever saw was, no, well, maybe it was this one, Um, but followed quickly by... The Gingerbread Man? Did you ever see that? When did A Time to Kill come out? It was after this. It was 96. Okay. So, Because here's the interesting thing, right? Goldsman and Schumacher team up to do this in 94. Mm-hmm. Then they get back together in 95 to do Batman Forever. Then in 96, they do A Time to Kill together. Mm-hmm. And then in 97, they do Batman and Robin. So they worked together on four consecutive movies in four consecutive years, but kept on switching from Grisham 
to Batman to Grisham to Batman. It's an odd rotation, isn't it? It is. But, uh, you know, I would say the first three of those movies are good, including this one, the very first one. Batman and Robin, not so much. Batman Forever. Yeah. You know, I disagree. In, hmm. It was, was there. It was good. Mm. But, mm. you know, I mean, with with this, look, it's it's way different from Batman Forever. I'll, I'll say oh, that. <laughs> very true. Very true. No, Sch- Schumacher's a good director. Yeah. He, he actually is a good director. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got a lot of range and so does Goldsman. And, you know, this is, it's what it is, is it's a story about like uh, a kid who essentially witnesses a lawyer um, committing suicide in the woods. And the whole thing is like prior to that, the lawyer who's he, the reason why he's killing himself is because uh, the, the mobster who he's representing, who killed a Senator told him where the body was buried literally. And if, he doesn't kill himself, the mobster is going to kill him in order to protect that information, right? So, for whatever reason, prior to killing himself, this lawyer tells the kid, he tells the kid thinking that the kid's going to die too. He's going to kill the kid. And the kid doesn't die. So now, the kid is completely scared out of his mind because you know, he thinks that the mob is going to come and kill them, kill him because they they are. But also he has this information. So the attorney general played by Tommy Lee Jones is coming after him in order to get the information. And no one's looking out for this kid except for Susan Sarandon, who's a lawyer who he kind of stumbles upon, who's representing him. Yeah. And, you know, so so it kind of goes from there, you know. And uh, I mean, it's 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 a solid story. It's you know it the it kind of at the end devolves into sort of your typical action thing, but it's got a great cast. I mean, Tommy Lee Jones, he's kind of chewing up the scenery, and you know uh, Susan Sarandon, she's good. But it's got Mary Louise Parker as the kid's mom, and then a lot of people who are pretty big in like bit roles, like uh, um, what's the guy's name, Anthony, the guy from uh, ER. The main guy Anthony, from ER, Anthony oh, Edwards. Uh, yes, Anthony Edwards. Yeah. And William H. Macy shows up for a little while. And, you know, a, a lot of uh, weird, yeah. interesting people like Ozzy Davis is in there for a little bit. So Macy, Macy's in there. So that's the second movie we know that Macy's been in because he was also in uh, Being Human earlier this year. Okay. With uh, right. Robin Williams. So, so his star is starting to starting to rise. It's, yeah, he's he's ascending toward his boogie nights breakthrough. Yes, yes, but it, it's decent. It's decent. It has kind of an actiony climax, which is a little weird, but for the most part, I I liked it a lot. Um, if you, it, it is very Grishamy, and I, if you're not a Grisham fan, I would recommend watching The Gingerbread Man. Because that is a movie which was, it was based on a, I think a book that never got published. So essentially it was like an original story by Grisham. But it was directed by Robert Altman. And it stars Kenneth Branagh as like the the lead 
lawyer. Oh, guy. I remember the ads for that. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is in it and stuff yeah. like that. And it is really weird because it's as if someone took a Grisham screenplay like this, but then gave it to Robert Altman, and Altman made it just like he makes all of his other movies. So, like, there's all the overlapping dialogue and the characters and the craziness and the meandering and all this stuff. And then it gets to the big action climax. And it's there, like, all of that, you know, like a chase and stuff like that. But it's all shot like Robert Altman would shoot anything else, you know? So it's Hmm. very kind of, like, lethargic and stuff. It's this really strange mashup that works really well. Um, I definitely think it's the best Grisham movie that I've seen. And it's really solid by Altman standards, too. It's uh, And Coppola did The Rainmaker, which was also a Grisham story, right? Yeah, and that true. one was Matt Damon and bland enough that I all I recall from it is I remember there was a scene where they were outside and it was fall maybe well, that's and Matt Damon was there like they're on the steps of the build like that's on the poster and everything Matt Damon and I think Danny DeVito if I'm not mistaken I think and, yeah and this was like Matt Damon's like very first movie but yeah and it's um man that's one that that's just so forgettable that I, I don't know if it's forgettable because I saw it and I was like, oh, another Grisham movie, or if it's just it was. I mean, Coppola, Coppola was kind of losing his verve for filmmaking, you know, before he retired. There, I think that was the last one that he did before coming back, like twenty years later, to do um, his little movies, Youth, yeah. Youth Without Youth, or whatever it was, and uh, I forget what the other one was called. There were a couple of them. He's got um, a passion project that he's bringing back, too. I forget what the title of it yeah. was. Me- Megalopolis, I think. Yeah. Which is like yeah. a big sci-fi movie that he's been trying to make for 20 years. Like, it was after episode one came out where he's like, oh, the technology's there that I can make this movie. And he never yeah. made it. But yeah, it's like a, about a big futuristic city of some sort. Something like that. I hope he makes it. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah. Client. I recommend it. All right, cool. I mean, don't rush out to see it, but yeah. Um, So yeah, July 22nd, we had three movies come out. The first one uh, didn't chart, uh, but it does have a 40% positive on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's called Just Like a Woman. Mm -hmm. And it stars, I believe, Julie Walters, I want to say. Yes, yes. I I think, um, what is it, a, a British movie? I want to say it is. It is. I did watch this because oh. it was available on Amazon Prime. Oh, uh, right. Yep. U.S. It was. It is based on a book called Geraldine, which is supposedly based on a true story about a transvestite man who finds his way into a loving relationship with an older woman who is recently divorced after twenty some odd years. His marriage has fallen apart because of his, as the movie presents it, this happens immediately. He finds out his wife has come home. She finds women's lingerie everywhere. She thinks he's having an affair and he doesn't want to explain that he's a transvestite in the off hours. Um, and so he winds up moving in. They wind up getting into a relationship and it is, I am the, 
the print that is on Amazon Prime, uh, the credit in front says Film Rise, which I believe is sort of a low-budget turnaround for more obscure movies because I saw their logo in front of Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam. Don't ask. Okay. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's four by three. Yeah. So I don't know whether it was shot four by three. I doubt it, though. I doubt it, too. Um, and uh, the transfer is fine. It's okay. Uh, it looks sort of like just a like a maybe a, a DVD quality uh, transfer. And um, yeah, I mean the whole thing is just about their relationship and him coming to terms with who he is. Uh, the head of the corporation for whom he works is played by uh, the actor who played Belloc in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, he shows up occasionally in places like he's in uh, Hot Fuzz. Yes, and he was also in uh, apparently the Power Rangers movie hmm. um, that came out back in the nineties. Uh, Ivan Ooze, I think his name was. I did not see the movie, so I'm reporting secondhand there. But uh, I, the unfortunate thing is, this is an interesting enough story, but as happens sometimes with. British movies, it has, and this is going to sound extremely harsh, and I guess it is, it has all the charm of an after-school special. Yeah. Where all of the dialogue and the emotion is ham-handed. The music is, I, the score just does not work for it at all. So, like, it's a really interesting premise that is just, by the end of it, when the big, you know, confrontation in the boardroom happens, you don't you're not even entirely sure why you should care at that point. You're just like, okay, let's let's wrap it up. Let's just get done here. So it's unfortunate. Um I, I would not recommend it. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Curious about uh, whether or not you've watched this next movie, because the critics have a lot to say about it, or one mm -hmm. critic in particular does. Uh, mm. That movie, which came in at number eight at the box office with 4.9 million and a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is higher than you would expect, is Rob Reiner's North. I did. I finally watched Did you watch it? No, this is the other one that I oh. wanted to see, but I was just like, uh, I'll get to it, and I never got to it. It is also available on Amazon Prime in these mm. United States. Um, so I, I mean, it's included in Prime. I, I had to take the shot. I was like, okay, fine, great. And I don't, I did not hate it with the same passion that Roger Ebert hated it because. How much he hated it became the title of one of his uh, collections of his reviews. I hated, hated, hated this movie. Yeah. But I understand why he felt that way. It's mean-spirited. It is lifeless. It is baffling that Rob Reiner, who's a gifted director, and at that a gifted comic director, assembles in 
all-star cast, uh, both rising stars like uh, Jason Alexander and Julia Louise-Dreyfus, and established stars like Bruce Willis and Dan Aykroyd and sneaking Reba McIntyre into the mix, and Kathy Bates is in there, Abe Vigoda's in I mean, this is literally Rob Reiner walking around Hollywood saying, hey, let's make a big-budget funny movie. And everybody's saying, it's a Rob Reiner movie. What could go wrong? Boy, a lot goes wrong. Mm. Um, It's sort of a marvel, uh, down to the point where it finds a way to pull its punch uh, in such a way that it undercuts what it's trying to say, if anything, in the first place. It's really just a clunky mess. And uh, the only positive of it is that uh john lovitz is fun to watch no matter what he's not particularly fun to watch here but he got my uh biggest laugh reaction in the entire movie which was ha and that happened once well that's pretty good yeah you know so i think if i'm not mistaken the reason why ebert hated it was because the idea of a kid wanting to abandon his parents was just uh, like crossing some sort of line for him, which seems bizarre um, because, I mean, there's plenty of terrible parents out there, right? I mean, it sounds like maybe these parents don't deserve that, but it also seems, based on watching the trailer, that sort of like the message of the movie is like, maybe your parents aren't so bad after all. I'm just kind of thinking. but They're trying to go for that but along the way in the effort to demonstrate it none of these characters are likable enough mm-hmm. none of them are particularly interesting some of them are borderline offensive in the way that they portray certain people and types of people um and yeah the the parents that he's trying to escape from their big crime is that he thinks they're boring basically so bad, but not the worst movie ever made. No, not the worst movie ever made. I mean, the thing is, I haven't even mentioned the uh, the the fact that he has like a slimy kid friend who takes North's decision to go out into the world shopping for new parents. At, at the judge is Alan Arkin, by the way, uh, who gives him 30 days to go around the world and audition parents uh, to you know, uh, find a new family life. So he has this friend who winds up leading this big legal charge where John Lovitz is the lawyer, where if North, you're not exactly sure why, what the motivation is here, because at the end it boils down to, they're trying to kill North so that he can be a martyr for kids who all want to leave their parents. And it's, they literally try to kill him on several occasions. Okay. And that's trying to kill a kid. Isn't funny. Like it's the opposite of funny. Yeah. That seems a little weird, but okay. I mean, I guess that's, that's one way to go. I don't know. There was a thing afterward, like years ago, um, that was written, uh, about it it was written by the guy who wrote the movie and the book that the movie is based on where he talks about when he met Roger Ebert. Yeah. 
it, it sounds like it was sufficiently awkward. But um, yeah, I remember it being a funny article. So it might be something to, to check I, out. I, I, w- I would love to check it out because, um, yeah, you know, I mean, the role of the critic is to criticize, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Hey. Anyway, um, so, okay. North, bad. Complete belly flop. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there's one more movie that came out this week. And that came in at number seven at the box office with $5.2 million and an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. So the best reviewed movie of the week. And that is Lassie. Did you watch Lassie? Wish I had, Mike. I really wish I had. <laughs> I, this is one that I had absolutely no desire to see, despite the rave reviews. I was just like, I can't do, I can't care about Lassie. I'm sorry, guys. But well, at least we know that the uh, the urge to bring back childhood properties isn't relegated to our generation alone. Yeah, yeah. So, but apparently it worked back then. So, not that it doesn't yeah. necessarily work now, but yeah. That'd be interesting to chart the batting average, see if it's about the same. Yeah. Oh, well. So it sounds like the client might be the winner for the week out of the ones we watched. Kind of wish I'd watched that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, It is available on HBO, but in typical HBO Warner Brothers fashion, it's cropped. Uh, So if you want to get the full widescreen version, you have to rent it off of iTunes or something. But... And and that is also something that, you know, to, to speak to the point that Schumacher is actually a good director, his movies are always good to look at, too. Yeah. Like, he, he always composes things uh, very well, and I always, even in the Batman movies, even that I hate the Batman movies that he made, they still looked pretty, so. Well, Batman Forever was nominated for Best Cinematography, so there yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So next week... Uh, I guess summer is starting to wind down. So, you know, like this is the time of the year back then where it's like, oh, let's throw in some comedy. You know, it's like low stakes, but something to fill a gap. And So anyway, five movies next week. One which I'm really looking forward to because I've never seen it before. But the five okay. movies are Foreign Student... Mm-hmm. Barcelona, mm-hmm. Black Beauty, It Could Happen to You, mm-hmm. and The Mask. I'll let you guess yet again which are the two that I saw in the movie theater back then. You want, you want me to guess right now? Yeah, go ahead and guess. Go ahead and guess. Okay, I'm guessing um, It Could Happen to You and The Mask. Dead on. Okay. Spot on. You got it. Because I am a sucker for a good romantic comedy, and I had a tremendous crush on Brid- Bridget Fonda. Do you, so. you want to guess which one I saw in the theater back then? Mm. Foreign student. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Not foreign student. It, it was. It could happen to you. So. Yeah. Yeah. I look forward to revisiting it, actually, because I remember really enjoying it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what I will revisit, but I, I, I there are going to be there is going to be at least one first time watch for me. So, yeah. uh, and just as an added bit of trivia, I remember that uh, the title, the working title for it could happen to you was "Cop Tips Waitress." 
I think It Could Happen to You is a slightly better title. Much better. Not a Much great better. title, but slightly better than that. Yes. Yeah. Cop Tips Waitress just would not have rolled off the tongue the same way. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. So until next week, John, where can people find you on the internet? I am Kessel Junkie on the internet. You can find me lurking on Twitter on occasion. You can find me at KesselJunkie.com and you can find me on Letterboxd. And you can find me right here on the Nerd Party Network co-hosting Aggressive Negotiations with Matthew Rushing, a Star Wars podcast right here for your ears. And where can people find you, Mike? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mumbles3K. You can also find me on my website, filmdamagepod.com, doing a show called Film Damage. And you can find me, well, that's about it for right now. But keep an eye out elsewhere soon for some other stuff. Very soon. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, looking forward to next week for sure. This year is just flying by. All sorts of crazy movies being released left and right. Some good, some bad. So until next time, be kind, rewind. Rewind.